Hi, everyone. Welcome to the TimingResearch.com crowd forecast news for September 25th, 2023. We are recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern time, and this is episode number 402. My name is David Cosmeter. I'm the creator of TimingResearch.com. And today I have the option professor back to uh, provide a market outlook for you. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him. Okay. Thank you, David. And good to be with you, everybody. Uh, today, I will be sharing my opinions and my observations. And of course, uh, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, as far as uh, any advice is concerned, we don't give that out. So we're just going to tell you our opinions and our viewpoints on things. Um, we just got back from a holiday uh, overseas, which was fantastic. And uh, basically, everything that we forecasted before we left pretty much has come to pass. Uh, I'm going to go over all the different markets here today. And if you have any questions on anything specific that you'd like to talk about, you can put it in the chat box here and I can click it on and we can uh, go over it. But uh, I'm going to go over quite a bit of information because I'm going to go over all the different markets and I'm also going to go over stocks that are uh, have a lot of uh, streaming activity as far as interest on the Internet is concerned. There's a whole group of those going on. And uh, then... Um, We'll go over some other information I think is important right now. Uh, I've been doing this for over <clears throat> 30 years or more, more, and uh, I've traded uh, thousands of options and traded millions of dollars worth of stocks. So I'm pretty familiar on how it works, and I think uh, there's something of value that I could add to you. At the end of the broadcast, I'm going to ask you to uh, check out something that I'm offering out, and hopefully you'll take advantage of it. We'll get to that at the end. Uh, this week, what's going on? Well, this week on Tuesday, tomorrow, we're going to have new home sales coming out. You know, I think the last report was like my, or recently was like minus 13% year over year. So the new home sales, uh, our existing home sales are start, you know, are definitely weakening. Uh, case Schiller, uh, price index is coming out. So we'll see how prices are going. They seem to be moderating. And, um, on Wednesday, you got durable goods, you know, refrigerators and stuff that lasts for a long time. So we will see how uh, people are buying uh, from Home Depot and Lowe's and those kind of people as well. And then on Thursday, you got GDP and you got the claims coming out. And Friday's the big kahuna. That's going to be the PCE report, which is going to go over income, spending and the core rate. So a uh, lot of interest in that going on. Uh, credit card usage is starting to slip a little bit after Labor Day. So that is indicating the consumer might be slowing down. Although I talked to some people who... Uh, who use their credit cards and they seem to be using it uh, for any unknown expense. You know, people who uh, get an expense like a dental bill or something like that, they seem to be hitting the, the credit card. But maybe the guy going out there to buy the three uh, shirts that he didn't need in the first place, maybe that guy's not spending as much. One thing we do know is that the people who have bought stuff from these stores aren't paying. And how do we know that? Is we know that because Macy's is announcing Big write-offs on their credit cards because a lot of these companies, if you can chew gum or walk, they'll give you a credit card and then they wonder why people default on them. But at any rate, I guess the idea is that uh, it, it's a case of numbers. If uh, only a certain percentage default, it still makes a lot of sense. Just like credit cards, when they charge you 25% interest on them, they're obviously assuming some of you guys aren't going to pay. And so there's still a, a reasonable business there. Uh, at any rate, uh, that's the story on the, uh, on the, on the credit cards. They, uh, they seem to be backing off a little bit, um, and they certainly are defaulting at a higher rate than they had been. Okay, uh, right on your screen there, let's start off with the stock market, give you some overview I, like I've been talking about. Um, with regards to uh, the S&P, there you go, um, the December contract right on your thing. We start, I always start out with a 20-year graph, 
And I see the high point was at 4,800. Then we dumped down to 3,500. World's coming to an end. And uh, notice the blue line is still rising. So once we got back above the blue line at 3,800, we got positive And we were positive up to about 4,600, where we see a double top up here. We see a divergence on the RSI. And so we say the party's over. And so that's why we're not too worried about this drop, because we're not in it. And uh, that's how you can go on holiday uh, for a month in Europe and come back and still have your account rising because you're not into stocks that are dropping. So the bottom line is, is, yeah, we hit a top here at 4,600 until otherwise uh, notified. And again, it still has downside potential here towards 4,200. And then uh, these lines rising is very positive for the stock market. So we're not big bear bears until we start breaking under 4,200 and then 4,000. And then that opens the door to a real nightmare if it starts unfolding down to 3,200. Okay, uh, with regards to the five-year graph, we got a high point here. That's the throwback top. And uh, it also topped out around here back in 22. So that's not a coincidence thing. It's underneath the, uh, the red line, which is starting to roll over. So if you can get back above 44.74, obviously I would change my tune a little bit on the short term. But right now that's not a bad number, 44.75 to use as a line in the sand. So keep an eye on that number. Uh, downside uh, here to 42.71 and 41.00, okay? And then on the one year, uh, it already broke down when it broke under the 4550 number here, and it's all pointing down short term, and it's under the purple line. So getting above 4419 would be the first thing that I would even worry about getting bullish about, okay? You get back above 4419. Because again, you know, uh, when you look at the longer term graphs, uh, you can see there's trap doors here, right? Trap door down here to what? 4100? Trap door here down to what? 3,200. You know, I'm not interested in losing a lot of money. So, you know, if I don't make money because it out of the blue goes up, it's not going to bother me. Uh, having it go down to 42, 4,100 or 3,200 uh, would bother me. Okay. So uh, on the one month, uh, short-term traders, how you can do it here. We could get a little pop here. Let's see. RSI 17, RSI 29. That's positive. RSI down here, 27. So, you know, this was the low of uh, 17, right? So, you know, you're getting some increasing RSIs, which would make me somewhat interested. But if that red line doesn't point up, you're not going to make a lot of money on the long side. So the bottom line is, is this still premature, in my view, to get a little bit too bullish. Uh, five day, again, it's starting to turn up, but that's a pretty anemic turn up. And you've got the one day, which was turning up and now it has turned down. So 44.72 right now is an area where you'd want it to get above if you were short term positive. Holding down here at 44, uh, 43.61 is also positive, okay? But, you know, you had RSI at 66, you had RSI at 64, and then you had another RSI up here at 67, followed by an RSI at 62. So you're getting a little bit of slight divergence up here, which means it's running out of steam. And then, of course, you do have the red line pointing down, but not very sharply down. So again, it's kind of a back and forth deal, you know, with things like PCE coming up and new home sales and, and durable goods, you know, you got people probably trying to, um, you know, wait a little bit to see if you get some more information uh, on the QQQs. Where are you at here? Now, again, I, uh, I, my stuff shows a possible double peak uh, in the uh, relationship between growth and value stocks. So I think we're at a very critical point here because if the market does roll over, it does look like value, which would be what? Your staples, your dividend payers, your uh, utilities will do a lot better than your tech. 
So the bottom line is, is, you know, tech had a very big run. We got very bullish on tech in uh, December because that's when the relationship between value and growth shifted from uh, value to growth. That was in December. And that run has been a very big run from December to now. Are you kidding me? Big run in tech, right? But now it has moderated. We had a high point in July. We had another high point here in September on that relationship. So if tech starts unwinding at all, Okay, it could be a sign that it's time to shift into value. It's very much. Uh, and of course, if we do drop down, you would imagine people would be more interested in dividend payers and utilities than betting on uh, AI stocks that might be losing their altitude. But right now it's right on the ledge. So you got to keep an eye on it. It also could go the other way where uh, growth starts accelerating again. So that's why, you know, it's on the ledge, which means it can go either way. But again, if there's going to be a big correction of any type, you would imagine tech's going to have to go down. Okay. So anyway, what's it look like now? We go out to the 20 year on QQQ. And you got the same story. Rebound rally ended at 390, and we're trading at 358. Downside potential right down there. And so, uh, you know, more to follow if it wants to unwind. Uh, same thing here. You have a high point here of 74. Next high point is 65. And now you're under the red line. It's starting to roll over. It's hanging on to green by dear life. And if it unwinds further, 340 and 320 is not off the table. If you go to the one year, it already broke down, but it's hanging on for this uh, purple guy here, which is at 368. So, uh, excuse me, 353. So uh, we're at 358. So if it can hold above 353, you might be at a short-term low here and maybe a bounce back up towards 370. It's possible. So then we take a look at the one month and we see here the low point here is 23. The next low point here is 29. That's a divergence, but the red line's pointing straight down. Now, if you're going to make any big bucks and it's going to fill this gap here, you're going to have to get that red line turning back up. And if it does, you know, there is some real estate for a rebound rally. So if we've got good news this week, after how lousy the first uh, uh, September was, minus 6% on NASDAQ, minus 4% on S&P, obviously you've aired out the market a little bit, so it could bounce from here. And so if it does, uh, there's some potential up towards these numbers. But the potential will not be realized if this red line keeps pointing straight down, because you're not going to find any big sustainable rally unless this thing really starts pointing up. You see how it kind of lazily went up just a little bit here? And you got a lousy, uh, you know, 20 point, six point rally, but it was right back in the soup. And once it starts really pointing down, that's where you make real money. So if it really started to point up, you'd have a chance. But there's a lot of overhead here now. So again, if we're going to get this big end of October rally and this big November rally and this big December rally that the entire planet's talking about, uh, I'll know about it because you can't get out of my way because I'm watching it with my averages every day. But I'm not going to play a crystal ball here because I don't want to eat a bunch of broken glass. Uh, obviously, I'm assuming you're using real money and you wouldn't like to lose your money. So I don't want to lose my money. So I'm going to wait for the red line to point up and then I'll start worrying about getting bullish. Do I have to be the first guy at a party? No. And if you are the first guy at the party and you find out you're the only one at the party, you're going to find out it's a lousy party. Right. So anyway, that is the story on the QQQs. And what about that Russell that everyone got stuck in? Right. Remember how small caps are the place to be. Small caps are the place to be. Uh, well, it wasn't the place to be. It was the place to lose a lot of money. So let's talk about the IWM. And uh, again, you know, the interest rates are high. So it's a simple story. You know, you know, simple stories are easy to understand. High rates are gravity for asset prices. OK, and it doesn't have to happen overnight. But the longer they're up, it wears out asset prices. OK, because things that are financed, you know, can go down and valuations have to factor in a higher interest rate. End of story.
go to bed. So here we go on to the wrestle. Okay. Uh, you can see this rally here should have been investigated. I mean, what the heck did it go up there for right before it tanked? Anyway, uh, it had resistance around, uh, you know, it, it tried to break through resistance. The blue line rising is very positive. So again, you start getting this thing back above 196. And believe me, I will be more than happy to throw in my hat in the ring because that rising is good. And the purple line is good. So I'm not being totally negative on small caps. I'm just trying to say is, is that I needed to get back above the red, which is 183. I needed to get back above uh, the blue, which is 196. You do those two things, and I'm more than happy to talk about small caps going up. Okay. Uh, until then, I'm a little bit concerned because the other stuff looks a little bit rolly over, right? Uh, you know, this 190 area is tough. It's underneath purple, red, and blue. It's down here, you know, hoping against hope that it won't keep going down. Okay. And it may not. But the bottom line is, is it's going to be, you're not going to get to 200, 210, 220 and make any money unless it gets above these lines, right? Okay. So, you know, you can fool around with it here if you have nothing else to do with your time, but, or if you're trying to obviously take a position on something, you need to have the trend pointing up. Okay. Down here, you got a gap to fill. Let's see how the RSI is treating it. 29 and the low down here is 32. So there could be a turn down here. That gives me the idea that there could be a turn and it is very oversold. You know what a reversion to the mean is? That's what I talk about all the time. This is a, uh, what do you call it? A uh, poster child for a reversion to the mean. So after saying all that stuff that sounded negative, let me show you what I would do uh, if I'm short-term trading it. Because again, there is a divergence down here and that's positive. So I go to the one month, what is the one month telling me? Again, everything's pointing down. You're not going to make big bucks if everything is pointing down. So again, it does look like it could go up towards 180 and fill the gap. It does have a divergence down here, it looks like, okay? But the red line's still pointing straight down and it comes in at 177.60, which is just a little bit under where we are now. So if we can get the thing to turn around a little bit, I mean, can the, can the five-day turn up? It's turning up a little bit. Again, um, not dramatically. I mean, it's certainly I would call that flat of anything. Um, but again, if it, the longer it stays above 177.12, the better. And on a one-day basis, again, it had its little run here. And now, uh, again, it's fighting to hold on for life here at the 177 area, 170, uh, uh, 177.60 area. So again, I would be, you know, I would be monitoring it. And yes, I can recognize it could have a rally. And yes, I can see it's oversold. And, you know, if these reports this week, you know, are positive for these guys, um, you know, but what's not positive is I'll show you right now. This is not positive. And this is the treasury note. Now, let me tell you something. Everybody's getting very, very negative on, uh, on the interest rate picture right now. So let's take a look at things. Okay. Here's one of the problems. The last time we were, uh, you know, in the 2006, 2007 area, these rates went all the way up towards five and a uh, five thirty. Is that where we're going? It's possible. Now, uh, when we were up at this level, look at RSI was only under 60. Here's how I, I have my own opinion. By the way, I'm sharing you all my opinions today. Okay. So my opinion on RSI is that if it goes up to 60 and stalls, that's going to be the high point. If it gets through 60, you could accelerate to the upside in price. So notice here, we were in the area of 62 and the, and the yield was down at 4%. Can you see once we got well into above 60, how we have gone into an acceleration phase. That's my point. The other thing is these high points here 
RSI was at 78. Now RSI is at 72 almost. Okay, a little bit of a divergence, which indicates that the yields could back off. Okay, short term. They're certainly overdone. But the fact that the RSI is at 70 tells me that this thing could also parabolic on you and jump up to that 5%, 550 range, which nobody is ready for. Because every bond salesman on Bloomberg and CNBC is telling you that the Fed is done. And they're telling you that rates will be dropping. <clears throat> and they're telling you, <clears throat> you have not seen rates like this in a long time. Okay, that's all true, right? Except for the fact that the Fed is done. But it is true that these are higher rates. Now, the point being is, is that, you know, there's a reason why that is. One of it is the money supply jumped 26% a year or a year or two ago. That's a lot of money printing. Okay. The other thing is, is that uh, the uh, unemployment rate is very, very low. So you got a lot of people with jobs. You got a lot of money sloshing around. And that's one of the problems. And they're trying to get that genie back in the, in the bottle without crashing everything. Good luck with that. Soft landing. You know, the soft landing thing he's talking now is a goal. It's not a uh, certainty. And again, <clears throat> trying to bring this airplane <clears throat> down from the overvaluation of 2021, 2022, and, and uh, trying to bring it down from a 26% jump in the money supply, you know, is not an easy task. It's been easy so far because of the unemployment rate being so low, the fact that everybody locked in mortgages at 2.5%, and that the consumer has continued to spend. All of those three, three things, you know, may not continue because, again, real estate is now looking at a seven handle, almost an eight handle on mortgages. You know, how can that not affect the price at some point? And uh, the long bond, the 10 year is at four and a half. Uh, Short term interest rate is at five and a half. <clears throat> how can that not affect valuations at some point? OK, that's my that's my my whole premise. But. You know, you can't fight the tape. If they're going to take it up to 5,000 on the S&P, you can't fight it. But there's not evidence of that right now. So this is your culprit. So why would the yields back off a little bit? Again, a little bit of a divergence. How are we doing here? 78 and up here we're at 70. So again, that's a divergence. That tells me it's running out of steam up here. Again, unless we gap up to 5% and then the RSI goes to 80 and then it might gap and then it might back off from that level. Okay, right here, of course, you got gaps down here. And again, if the PCE on Friday is very benign, and if uh, you know the income and spending still looks pretty good, or if it backs off, you know this could cause the yields to come back down. So up here in this neighborhood, you could be looking at a pullback in yields towards the uh, 434 area, which is 20 basis points. And off the high today, it might be 30 basis points. So that's what I see as possibly happening. Again, there's your one month gap here, gap there. You see where I said about 430, 435, that would fill the gap and come into this neighborhood. So if the reports this week are, are very friendly to interest rates, which means they're slowing down, then of course you could get that. And maybe that would give you the rally in stocks short term, you know, to get back up to those higher levels on the S&P. So that's why, you know, you have to watch these things and see if those turns start materializing. You can't be locked into one side only. <clears throat> A macro view, higher rates, are bad for asset prices. That's the macro view. The short-term view, you have to look at the graphs and see what's going on. Uh, some of the stocks that are big today in the market, let's start talking about that. Amazon, <clears throat> they're hiring 250,000 people and putting $4 billion into what? AI. <clears throat> so what does it look like here on the one month? <clears throat> Still looking just like everything else. 
just popping up a little bit. Nothing more, nothing less. You got a gap to fill at 135. You're at 25 on the RSI, then you're at 22, then you're at 27. So you get a little divergence down here, 36. So again, you know, it could be popping up from here. What's the five day doing? Again, it is showing that it's trying to turn up towards 135 would be here, which would fill the gap. Uh, longer term, again, this is where you want to be buying stuff, you know, against the purple line. And up here, it looks like it's kind of, it's running into some problems. So until it gets back above 140, <clears throat> big upside on this stuff could be tough. And going down to 110 is not off the table. Here on the five-year, again, still looks good. What about here? High point is 70. Next high point is 68. <clears throat> a little bit of a divergence. There's your drop. Okay. One year, again, high point, 65. High point, 65. Same RSI with a new high. Got underneath the red line. 140. Big, big number here. 140. So if you got moving, I would say 140 is a target. And uh, where would you have to get to get moving? You got to stay above 131 <clears throat> and you got to get this red line turning back up. <clears throat> and then you could start seeing maybe 140. <clears throat> um, Amazon. Next one up. Uh, that's big today. Apple. <clears throat> Apple. You are looking at Apple again. You know, here's a classic example of why. You, you know, and you talk about the short term puts. Let's talk about that a little bit. OK, here's uh, how I like to do that kind of stuff. First of all, I know when Apple goes up here to one, uh, 190, well, go back to one year graph. Okay. When, when we go from 120 up to 195, do I know that what? The trend is up? Yes. Do I understand everyone has been buying it like a madman? Yes. Could I basically say that every short that was in there got blown out? Yes. Okay. So I know that this is an extremely long market, right? And we also know that uh, Apple's growing, not that at a tremendous pace. And we know this I-15 thing that they came out with. Again, you know, a lot of people ever since I-12 where the, where the screen got big, you know, don't feel compelled to keep buying the next one, the next one, the next one. So again, you've got um, a company here that went up towards 77 here at 95, at 195. And then you got the RSI at 70 up here near 200. That's where I'm getting the indication that I better start looking at some short-term puts, Right. Because this thing is running out of what? Steam. Now, it gets under the red line here, and that's at around 193. So if you're a short-term trader, and this happened on August 3rd, which is a Thursday. So say you went out to the following Friday, and you take a look at something close to the money. You know, in other words, maybe like a 190, 192, something like that. Okay? And maybe you see the, the things going for a dollar or a dollar fifty or two dollars, whatever. Okay? And... You know, or $3, okay, something small, you know, and then you take a shot and you see it rolling over and you get fortunate. These people start really dumping it and the thing goes down to the purple line, which would be your target. And once it got down to the target, which is around 175, the 190s would have jumped from where? 190 to there is a 15 bucks. So whatever you paid up here, you know, is a heck of a lot less than 15 bucks, right? And then if you see it supporting here, and you see it starting to turn, you know, you could always play it with a call and see if it goes back up. But again, these are the kind of times that I like the best from the standpoint of looking at the short-term options. Something that's had a big move up or down, something where there's a divergence, something where the moving average is turning, and something where the premiums are very low. Those are my, shall we say, trifectas, okay? And then down here, where are you? 31, and down here, you're at what, 28? 
no big divergence. So this bounce you might not have gotten involved in unless you just went with the average here where it got positive around 180. And you could have got a pop. But again, notice the uh, blue line is pointing down and it could not stay above it. So again, and it's really right on the edge here at this 176 area. So again, we start breaking above 177, 180. Then, and again, there is a little bit of a gap there. You could get a rally on this stuff. You could. Let's see what the one month is showing you. Again, you know, not really that, um, you know, and again, I said 180 has to get above. Can you see why you got to get above 180? So again, you know, I, I like to wait, wait, wait for setups, okay? I'm not in a hurry to lose my money. So I'm trying to basically not lose money and keep the risk limited if I'm doing the short-term options and having the potential to be very large. And again, that's why after markets have big run-ups or big drops, sometimes this is not a bad thing to look at because you have an audience. I'll give you a for instance. This is an audience of people that you know may come out of the movie theater, right? And when if they come out all at one time, because of whatever reason, you can get a big drop. Uh, one that worked uh, very well, just uh, coming from the top of my head, uh, Estee Lauder a few months ago before I went on holiday, we did something with them and I'll show you why. Yeah, you see this thing here was down down here at, uh, at uh, what do you call it? Um, 175 bucks. It had been as high as 280. This is interesting to me because at this time, at this time, it was making a what? All-time low. Or not all-time low, uh, obviously a low. And the RSI here was 20. And down here, the RSI was 27. So I had a divergence. I had a big thing. And it jumped above the line here at what price? At uh, 180. Uh, excuse me, 183. This thing popped all the way to 200 bucks. These options were dirt cheap down here. And when they pop, so you can do it on the downside or the upside. You just got to do your homework. And obviously, you got to be fortunate enough to see some kind of a pop after you do it. Fortunate to me comes from the fact that if the market is exhausted on the one side, it's not uh, abject luck that it goes the other way. Uh, I think it's an increased probability it goes the other way. So again, that gives you a couple of ideas on, on uh, how that works with the short-term options. You know, what I like about the short-term options, it's 100% gamble. So the only money I would ever use is money that I'm crapshooting with, right? And uh, why do I like the crapshoot? Because the risk is going to be relatively small. I can get into some of these options into some of these things at 50 cents to 75 cents. That's nothing. And if they go to 2 or $3, that percentage return is tremendous. So it's a game where you can, uh, you can uh, uh, have a limited risk and leverage for a short period of time. That's what makes it so risky. And, but if you catch the right turn because you're using other indicators, the potential is very, very well. Anybody who watched the movie The Big Short, there was a, a couple of guys in that movie who uh, you know, was suggesting that idea, that concept of, you know, wait till people are thinking nothing bad will ever happen. Wait till the options are very, very cheap. You take your shot. And if you're right, you make a lot. And if you're wrong, you lose a little. So the key is, is having some mechanism so that your win-loss record is reasonable. And when your wins come in, obviously, you hopefully you get some good size wins. But I like the mathematics behind that. Because again, I, I don't want to lose a lot of money. You know what I mean? I don't want to buy a stock and find it down 30%. And I put a million bucks in and down 300 grand before I got back from my car because some guy at the firm is doing something bad. You know, that's not what I consider a fun deal. So limited risk, short term, good size, expansion of premium. Uh, that's, that's interesting to me. That's interesting. Okay, uh, other stocks in the news today. Alcoa is going. Let's see that. Now, this, this is industrial metals, again, and oh, I guess it's on the downside. 
this is really telling me because this stock has just collapsed. Uh, this is telling me this infrastructure deal might be in question because, again, uh, look at these uh, industrial metal stocks. You've got Alcoa. That's what that looks like. How's Freeport McMoran, the leader in the copper market? You know, that is also struggling a bit, right? And then you've got uh, XME, which is the whole banquet of the industrial metals. And that is also uh, showing signs of, uh, well, it's hanging in there. So again, this thing starts trading 50 or 49, you know, that would be more of an indication that the, the infrastructure deal is, uh, is going to be delayed. Uh, Cleveland Cliffs, this thing, uh, you know, tries to buy everybody out. I don't know if they should be buying anybody out, but they, uh, they are also, uh, you know, of reasonable value. They came down and filled the gap. So, you know, keep an eye on it because if it does go, uh, it can go pretty good. But, um, you know, right now I would really like to buy it above 20 on its way to 30 or 40 than I would be holding on to it here. But there's a potential to it down here. RSI 47, RSI 46. So, you know, keep an eye on it. They're trying to buy U.S. Steel, right? And so U.S. Steel has got a bid. Uh, it's right. It's been hanging around 30, isn't it? Yeah, still 30, 31, 32. But look, look at this. It's, seen, it's the same chart as Cliffs. And so these things, if infrastructure does happen, I would be expecting these things to fly. So again, you know, uh, keep an eye on this guy here because, uh, you know, it has a lot of potential if things get going. Uh, with regards to NVIDIA, everybody's in NVIDIA, and I'll show you why we were negative on that. Uh, NVIDIA. Okay, first of all, this is called the uh, poster child of reversion to the mean. You see how far away it is from the moving averages? That's called a reversion potential. So then you go to the five-year, and by the way, this is another thing that's not very uh, comforting. Up here, your RSI is at 87, right? Right there, 87. You know what the RSI was at this big run-up? 77. That was another reason why I didn't think it was going to be very good. Uh, here you've got uh, RSI at 87, and then you got it at 73. Another reason why we thought 500 wouldn't hold. And then uh, here you got your sell signal at 480. Again, uh, it could go right back up again. And if it does, uh, you know, then obviously we'll change our tune. But, uh, you know, just like electric vehicles, you know, this AI thing may have a lot longer driveway or runway, whatever they call it, uh, than people think. In other words, you know, uh, they got everybody thinking about these EVs, like everybody was going to start uh, buying uh, electric vehicles uh, in total. And uh, they, everyone got ahead of the game. Let's take a look at Tesla and see what that looks like today. Uh, Tesla. Okay, it's trying to hold on to the purple here, and that's at uh, 236. Uh, but again, uh, it tried to fill the gap and couldn't do it. That's not a good sign. And uh, if you look at the five-year graph on it, you know, RSI 73, big new high up here, RSI 86, another test of the high, RSI 59. So, you know, when you go up and test the high and the former high is 86 and you're now at 60, that's not good. And then, of course, it comes down. And this comes down under here. And, uh, and then that's called oversold. And that's why we're looking for what? A reversion to the mean. So that's why down here in January was the time to take your shot. After you got some confirmation from something like at least the one year. And the one year turned up at 230. And it got back above the purple line at 227. So again, that's where you got your buy signal. Now it's right back testing again. If it breaks under here, you know, where are you going? Well, 220, there's a big traffic line around there. So that's really, you know... The risk on uh, on uh, on Tesla right now looks like it's twenty five bucks, and again, if it got above two eighty and could start filling these gaps and get above three hundred, then you can start talking about the higher levels here. Okay, but uh, two twenty is the big line in the sand for Tesla. Um, 
what other was going on here today? Some of the other ones that were kind of a negative talk. These are ones that are talked on that were, you know, I, I go and I try to find out what's being streaming about. So they're streaming about this thing a lot. And I can guess why, because the thing is way down here making a new low. Okay. Now RSI is at 26. Where was your RSI over here? 34. So there's no divergence, nothing to hang on to. How about here? Okay. So if you want to mess around with this thing, you want to use the purple line as your <clears throat> indicator. I mean, as your uh, line in the sand. So if it started to trade above 123, that would be the earliest that this thing might be showing you that it might be turning. If you go to the one year, again, there's nothing here to hold your hat on. That's the problem. And again, the fact that on the 20 year, it's underneath there is not a good sign. So right now it's a hands off. You can see it's very low. You can see it's very, uh, it's very cheap, but it also uh, you know, is extremely weak. So again, where would you defend it here? The abyss, you're gonna defend it into the abyss? I'm not interested in the abyss. One year graph of, for a bounce, 26 up there, 20 down here. There's nothing that you can put your hat on as a reasonable man theory to take your shot down here. Okay, here's one that's going very good today. And this is uh, CLTD. At least it was. Let's see what it's doing now. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so this thing's going pretty good. And let's see if you had any indication that it might be doing something like this. Uh, not too much. Divergence, 20 RSI. Where's your RSI here? 30. That's divergence, okay? That's why messing around with stuff when it's way down, if you get this set up and you got a gap. Now, I didn't get this thing, so shame on me. But if you were following this thing, this is the poster child of buy a short-term call. And how do you think the short-term calls are doing when you're up $5 today? I mean, when we were at 135 down here, uh, we're at 35 down here. You know, what do you think like the 37 calls are going for with a week to go? 30 cents? Well, you know, 37 is now $3. That's why you played a game. So again, uh, same thing up here. You had an RSI of 68 followed by an RSI of 65. And once you got underneath 75 here, boom. A lot of you people that I talk to are holding on to stocks that you bought at higher levels. And you're under this idea that just because, like, say you bought this stock. At, uh, this, uh, this is not my mentality. Again, this is my, uh, this is my Apple cart today. I'm giving you my opinions, my observations. There's plenty of them out there. But here's my feeling. You bought this thing at 40 bucks and it goes up to 85, right? Great. Yep. Yeah, 45 bucks. Are you going to have it go down to 40 and say, hey, I haven't lost any money on this thing because I bought it at 40? Because there's a whole packy out there who have that mentality. And I don't get that. You know, if something goes from 40 to 40 to 85, that's my money up here. So when it starts going down, that's my money going down, not $40. So, you know, this is the area where you do your collars. What does that mean? That means you're doing an option strategy to protect your position. This is where you do your married puts. This is where you do your replacement trades. What's replacement trades? That means you dump the stock and you replace it with a limited risk option just in case wildly it goes through 90 up to 110. But all you've got at risk at that point is the option premium and the rest of the money from 45 to 85 is in your pocket. And now that it's at 40 again, you can spend that money that put, you put in your pocket. But you know what? You got to have humility. And unfortunately, when you buy something for 40 and it goes to 85, you've lost your humility sometimes. And when you lose your humility, your money's right behind it. That's just my view. Anyway, that's uh, one of them that's going pretty good. It might just be a dead cat bounce, but it also might be trying to get into that 55 number. Let's see uh, what's going on here. Yeah, again, it could be just a, a squeeze on shorts, right? So if it's a squeeze on shorts and it can't get above the 4136 number, it's very possible it's going to fall on its own weight. Because if this is only short covering, Again, when a short covering runs out and there's no buyers behind it, that's what happens. So 
that's what's happening over there right now. Um, another one that's doing uh, good today is uh, Cameco, which is a uranium uh, company, I believe. And uh, uh, it's up uh, 3%. And again, um, you had a, a low there of 48 and then a low 43. So that didn't help you. But you did get it turning up. See, when you get it turning up, then you can make some money. Okay. And you got it turning up at 39 and change. So you got to, you know, if you did short-term calls on this, you're probably getting some action on those calls. Now that it's gone up here, 78, and this one here is 67, you know, that's not a good sign. So that's called a divergence. And that could mean that this thing's going to peter out. Let's see if it looks like on a five-day, is it petering out already or on a one-day? Now the one-day is petering out a little bit. Starts trading under 41. That would be an indication that this thing uh, is just having a one-day wonder, possibly. Um, okay. And then you've got uh, another one that's got hit pretty good today, Fisker. And, uh, well, that's a cheap stock anyway, so let's not even mess with that one. Uh, let's see. If, well, that's, yeah, that's a baloney thing here. Um, a lot of people like Broadcom. This would be one that would be susceptible if the thing's going to turn down. So let's see why or if it would turn down. Okay, let's go to the five-year graph and see what it's telling us. You had a high point here up at around 921 bucks. RSI was 81. You had a run up there, RSI 65. That's your sell signal right there. I mean, if you're looking for something that's looking out. Now, again, uh, it's come back down here. RSI there was 60. RSI here's at 57. Notice that 60 number again. You came down here, you held 60. That's bullish. That's bullish. If you start breaking under 800, and the RSI starts breaking under 55 or something like that, then that could be turning into more of a correction type thing. Let's see on the one year what it looks like. Yeah. So again, you know, you had a high point here of 86. All of this stuff was lower. So that thing was the high and all this stuff was bologna sandwich. And now that's all in the 900s. And now again, uh, the key here is can it stay underneath uh, the 867? Notice where it bounced. Bounced right over here. That was your trade. Is this just a trade or is it going to go? So here's your resistance. If you're on Broadcom, you do uh, this 860, 860 and 844, that neighborhood. And if you do break under 800, you can see if you break under 800 on the five-year, if you break under 800, <clears throat> you got a $50 drop or more if, uh, if it dropped underneath. So we're going to know pretty soon here if these tech stocks can go back on their bicycle or not. Uh, they are at pretty critical points as far as all that's concerned. Um, I would like to, if I could, briefly go over some other markets and, um, and uh, give you a little insight here. Uh, first one is the price of crude oil, which is becoming problematic. Now, before we left, we, you know, we were very clear, <clears throat> and I'll show you how we were clear. <clears throat> um, go back on the one year here. <clears throat> um, well, we started with the 20 year. We, uh, yeah. Okay, down here in the 70 area, see where the purple and everything is? That's where we said it had to get above. And if it did, it could go. So once it got above 75, 72, that was your signal it could go. And it popped 20 bucks. Not bad. Uh, on the one year, again, uh, anything above 70. And then you remember the purple line, 72. Anything above 70, 72 was a go. Okay, now we have a high point here of... 70, and we have a high point up here of 77. Now we're having the RSI slip a little bit, but not tremendously. Right now, you've got the 88 area as a support zone, but can you see the air pocket underneath if it does start dropping? So there is an air pocket on crude oil. If there's an air pocket on crude oil, there could be an air pocket on what? ExxonMobil. 
<clears throat> Exxon Mobil. Uh, first of all, you go back 20 years on it, you'll see it's at a pretty lofty level. And can you see these RSIs, 66, and then 69, and then 64. Running out a little bit of a steam. Uh, support down here at 110, okay? And then underneath that, you've got a big air pocket, right? Okay. Here you go, high point 65, high point 60, and high point 60. So again, it's holding that 60 number, but it's not getting above it. You see, when the rally comes up and it can't get above 60, that could mean it's the high point. So I'd be very looking towards the sell on this, okay? And the options are pretty cheap on this, in my opinion. So I would price out some if I got a better signal. One, going down to 110 or so might be something that could happen. And that's a good size move on these weekly. So here you've got the green line coming in at 113 and you got a 112. You got a gap around here at 111, 112. So if we can break the thing, it's possible we could get a decent correction to 112, 111, or 113. And on the one month, again, if it can stay above 117, I'd love to see it get back above here, underneath here, <clears throat> which is 11577. <clears throat> that could give me a shot at 113. And some of these options <clears throat> are under a buck. So that's something that I'm monitoring right now. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I find interesting. <clears throat> All right. Let's uh, so that's energy right now. Let's talk about the gold on the gold. Okay, uh, twenty year graph on gold. This is the price of gold again. High point. This is a class just like on Exxon. The high point here is eighty three. Then you can't get above sixty on the RSI. Then you can't get above sixty on RSI. So there's a reason why I think if you can't get above sixty, it's a top. Now it might pull back only to the red line, but a pullback to the red line on Exxon takes you to one ten or one eleven. All right. Anyway, going back here, um, it has a lot of support at 1830. Uh, if it starts breaking under 1830, who knows what could happen? That's why I've been telling people, I don't like this stuff until it gets above 1980. You see all this, 1950, 1980? You see the purple line comes in at what? 1971. So get above 1950, 1970, 1980. Then it opens the door to this fabulous gain people are hoping for. Otherwise, you could be holding on to a what? A time bomb. Now, one of the stocks that I keep an eye on is Newmont Mining because it pays almost 4% dividend. Not bad. And it's one of the biggest gold guys in the world. So if there's a big thing going on in gold, it probably has a shot of going up like it did here, okay? Which I did participate in and I enjoyed. Now, here's the deal. When you got up here, you're at RSI 76. You went up here, RSI is 58.70. Then your RSI is here 61. Okay, that's called a reversion to the mean. It's called a blow off. And if you did any put activity up here, you would have been a happy person more than likely. Now, we're down here. And if we got above 45 and could turn the red line back up, I'll be more interested in this stock. Because again, even if I had to hold it and it didn't do much, that 4% dividend adds up right? Okay. So that's uh, the gold situation. And then uh, let's look at international. China is all over the place. They were opening up big and they're not opening big. Then they did a little uh, stimulus. Then they didn't do stimulus. There's only one stock that I really uh, keep an eye on over there because I live in Las Vegas. So I know people gamble and I know Chinese people tend to gamble quite a bit. So that's why Macau to me, uh, where they go, uh, is the place to be. And Las Vegas Sands is a major player in Macau. As you can see, when they opened up, this is why I love the stock at 35. 
because it had bottomed here with a bunch of divergence, which was lovely. And then the thing turned up at around 37 and it goes all the way up to 65 because when they reopen, imagine putting a bunch of people who love to gamble and lock them up in their apartment and say they can't do it for a year or whatever it was. When you let them out, what do you think they're going to do? Not gamble? They went right down to Macau and that's why the jump came so good. But it got ahead of itself when what? When the RSI hit 63, and then the RSI was 66, and then it went to 50. That told me the party was over and a reversion to the mean. So I wasn't interested in it after that. Now it pulled back to the green line, which is interesting. So that's right around 40, uh, 52, uh, 52, 48, 45. Okay. If I look at the uh, five year, uh, again, getting back above 50 is important, but it looks pretty lousy right now. But if you have any hope that they're going to do any good in China again, this stuff is probably going to go back up. The fact that this thing looks so lousy might be telling us that they're not going to have another rebound over there and things are going to get hairy over there because between 18 and 25-year-olds, the unemployment rate's like 25%. Now, imagine if we had 25% of our youth running around without jobs. Idle mind, devil's playground. Also, uh, the government can put these people to work very quickly by getting some military action going. So I don't like that idea when 18 to 25s are unemployed and you got a uh, government uh, saber rattling. Uh, that doesn't sound like a good thing. Um, okay. So uh, here you go on, uh, but see, you can understand why I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it because <clears throat> this is a very discounted price. And if they normalize themselves and start going back to Macau, this thing is not going to stay down. Uh, okay. So there's your international there. Um, the other international stuff that, um, I like is, um, obviously the, um, Mexico because we're exporting all our jobs there, but that bloom has come off the rose as well. But this is a, this is a country that, uh, you know, obviously, and again, you got an air pocket down here to 50, but this is a country that's been benefiting from the concept that we're going to try to uh, reshore or closer to shore a lot of our uh, production because they're making a lot of EVs down there, I guess. And they're doing a bunch of other stuff. Uh, the other one is Brazil, which is uh, hard to trust Brazil, uh, but uh, it is something that's in a trading range right now. Uh, and if it can hold 30 and get above 36, you can see the blue, uh, purple comes in at 36 and the other one's coming in at 30. It could have some potential down the road, but right now, nothing to write home about. Uh, Europe, Here's England, which I think is the Cadillac of Europe because they're not involved in that silly Euro thing. I just got back and, uh, you know, they say uh, Europe is a museum. They are. Anything over there that was built after Louis XIV, hardly it pales in comparison. So that's why they call it a museum. And they have a lot of welfare there because when I was in France, there was lines wrapped around the block at this place. I asked what's going on in there and they said it's a welfare office. So, again, a uh, lot of such stuff going on there. Uh, so this stuff here is in a very tight window. If it got to 35, 34, 36, obviously I would not fight it. Uh, but right now it's just uh, stuck in the mud. And again, high interest rates are a gravity to asset prices. So since that's my thesis, I'm not rushing to buy anything. Uh, that's why I like doing the short-term trading with the short-term options. Cheap, uh, cheap out-of-pocket gamble, big payoff if you're correct. That's interesting to me. Um, okay. Uh, with regards to, uh, let's see, agriculture. Uh, this is a um, fertilizer company and it had its day and it was trying to turn back up. But uh, you see, it used to be 75. So obviously anything that's 75 that comes back to 30 that they use all the time, which is called fertilizer, is interesting to me. So right now uh, I'm watching Mosaic. I'm watching it around 35, 36. It's right on the line. Let's see how it does. Is it turning up? 
No, it, it you know, it's got everything above it. You know, this is called clouds, clouds above, right? So, you know, it's got clouds at 37 to 41. It had a bounce. Same thing here. RSI 35, RSI now at 38. So you get a little divergence there to keep an eye on, but everything's pointing down. You can't make big bucks when everything's pointing down. Uh, down here, again, everything pointing down, 38. Yeah, there's nothing here to grab hold of. So again, if you are thinking of that stuff, you know, now if that uh, sector is not going to be doing that well, two stocks I would keep an eye on would be Caterpillar and John Deere. So is there any selling opportunity here? Well, we go to the 20-year graph on John Cat, and what do you got? You got uh, a, a poster trial for a reversion to the mean. 67 is the RSI, 62, and now it's at 62. So this thing peaked at six, uh, uh, here at 79 and 67. See, 79, actually. And now you're at 62. This thing, you know, has a pretty good shot of pulling back. Let's see what uh, any other evidence that it might pull back. Well, it has pulled back already from 290 to 273. So obviously that uh, divergence made sense. Uh, will it do worse than that? Right now it's holding on to the one year, right? Holding on. Gap underneath. I mean, uh, air pocket underneath. Let's look at the what? The one? Okay, it's already uh, rolled over here. You had a high point there. It's 80. 80. Next time it even went up there, it was at 59. So you got a super big uh, thing here. So... You know, this thing has a good shot of having a correction unless it gets above 280. And could it do that? Of course, because there's a gap there. They might try to run it. But any strength in this thing, let's take a look at the one month. Yeah, you see, it's already had a pretty good drop. See, once you came up here and the RSI only went, see, it can't hardly get above 60, right, on the rally. So that tells you the rally might end there. Here, it a uh, little bit above 60 and then down. So if it gets to 60 or a little bit above and then starts coming down, it's indicating that it might go down. So here, you know, you could have taken some shots if you were an aggressive gambler uh, because of this divergence. You could have taken some shots at 285, 284 when it was at 287, and you would have got good action on that. Okay. Right now, 34 against what? 39. So there's a divergence. Like I say, this whole market right now looks like it's had a divergence and it could rally to fill in some gaps. It will happen if these reports are reasonable this week. Tuesday's a reversal day sometimes, Thursday's a reversal day. So we watch those closely. Okay. But again, there's some potential if this thing starts breaking. There's a lot of real estate underneath Cap Caterpillar. Uh, I believe John Deere is going to be a ditto. Okay. 20 year on Johnny Deere. Again, ditto. Big move up. All these things can't get above 60. Reminds me of gold. Comes down here. It's going to fart around. If it breaks under 60, like if gold breaks under 1840, it's going to give you some very, uh, very big air pockets. You know, one year you got a pretty good sell up here at 430 on deer. Now, of course, it's going to probably try to have a rebound rally. So summating a lot, what I'm seeing here is you got a potential for a rebound rally in many markets because they have gotten oversold in the short term. If they do have a rebound rally, I would monitor them very closely because that rebound rally may be followed by further downside. So keep an eye on that. Um, the one that stood out to me so far here is the Exxon, because if they can bring the price of oil from that 91 area back down to 85, you would imagine 119, 117 on Exxon could translate into a correction. So that would be my one thing I'd leave with you here right now. Now, in the last three minutes, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to do something. And basically, what I'd like to ask you to do is to email me your contact information at optionprofessor.com. 
You guys are trading all over town. There's a lot of methodologies out there. I think what I'm doing here, and I can explain it to you very clearly in a one hour, one-on-one -on -one session online, I think it'd be very helpful to you. I think if you bought into a bunch of people that promised a big track record and they obviously didn't deliver and you've magically lost money because they've magically lost money on their current trades, you know, I think it's time for you to take more responsibility for the decision-making uh, in your trading. And if you're interested in short-term option trading, I'm more than familiar with doing it. Again, I've traded thousands and thousands and thousands of contracts of options and millions of dollars in stocks. So, you know, I have a certain amount of knowledge and I'm not telling you anything about a track record because past performance is not indicative of future results. That's not a slogan, that's the truth, okay? So just let's figure out what's going on now. Let's try to find a mechanism that works now. Let's try to keep the risk if you're doing option trading to a very reasonable amount. Let's manage the bankroll so one trade doesn't hurt you that badly. Let's try to find some that could really expand if you're right. And let's try to use a mechanism that could possibly put you in that seat. So again, you email me optionprofessor.com, O-P-T-I-O-N, professor, P-R-O-F-E-S-S-O-R at gmail.com. Your contact information, I'll talk to you directly. If you've done options before, you think you're sharp, I'm sure you're lovely, but you probably could learn something from me. If you've never done options before, I know how to explain them because I've done uh, uh, webinars and seminars for thousands and thousands and thousands of people explaining options. So I think I know how to explain them clearly as well. So whether you're just starting out or you have experience, I definitely can bring something to the table for you. And I don't charge monthly and I don't charge annual fees. We just have a one-time deal. And if I think you're an honest person and I can trust you, I wouldn't mind giving you the one hour for free. And then you pay after we have the entire session. And then if you feel like you've gotten the value, you can pay. Or if you haven't gotten the value, you cannot pay. If I feel that we're on a trustworthy relationship, okay? And I've been in this thing for decades, so I have a pretty good ear for trustworthy relations. So I have no problem giving my time up front. How many people would do that? Not many. So I feel confident that you're going to be very happy with what you learn in the session with me. Again, optionprofessor at gmail.com. I'll call you up. I'll explain how we can help you. You can figure out how you want to take it from there. Okay. All right, guys, it's the top of the hour. And again, I didn't get a chance to go over all the markets. And I didn't get over uh, to uh, review some of the stocks that you own. If you'd like to review some of the stocks you own with me, that's something else we can do in our one-on-one -on -one online session. So again, give me a call back. Excuse me, give me an email at um, optionprofessor at gmail.com and I'll get back to you once I get your information. Okay, good luck and good trading, everybody. And let's hope that uh, for your, uh, for your uh, statements, your September contract is not, follow uh, contract is not uh, followed by a bad October. Let's hope that things are not as bad. But rather than hope, let's take a look at the markets and try to figure things out. Okay, I'm the option professor again. Um, Looking forward to talking to you. And uh, until we speak again, have a good day and good trading. Thanks a lot.